ARPA acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and the continuing connection to lands, waters and communities. We pay respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Taking Care, a podcast of APRA and the National Boards. I'm Tash Miles, and in this episode, we are leaving the city for the fresh air and open skies of rural and remote Australia. We will be hearing a student perspective on healthcare in rural and remote communities. What experiences do they have in these contexts? In their view as students, has the pandemic changed the way healthcare is delivered? Let's pose these questions and more to our guests, medical student Harry Gaffney, podiatry student Hayley Johns, and medical student and pharmacist Deborah Lee. Welcome. Hi, everyone. I'm Harry. I'm a medical student. I'm currently in my clinical years. I've nearly graduated. I've got one year left. Uh, I'm in Flinders University over in South Australia. I'm studying over here, uh, Flinders offers a program uh, where we're placed in a rural setting for a year. I've been in a rural Strathalban for the past six months. Um, it's wonderful. There's also a doctor shortage as well. So that's why I'm here. Hello, uh, my name is Hayley and I grew up in a small rural town and I am a problem solver of feet and the lower limbs uh, as I currently study a Bachelor of Podiatry at the University of Newcastle. Hi, my name is Deborah. I am currently a third year medical student at the University of Wollongong. I'm from Perth, but I'm currently in Victoria, but I'm studying in New South Wales <laughs> uh, and a practicing pharmacist. In fact, at the moment um, of recording, I'm actually on a locum gig in uh, regional Victoria. Um, so I guess I, this is my seventh year now being a pharmacist and it's been great because I've been able to work during my medical school and that's been really good for you know getting exposure but also getting a little bit of income, that kind of thing. I am also, like Harry, in my clinical years, and our uh, last phase, we call it, um, I will be based in a place called Mwollomba, which is in rural New South Wales, just on the coast of New South Wales and Queensland. So I'm really looking forward to that. So Harry, the move to your rural placement at the moment was your first go at working and studying in a rural area. How did you find it? I've always lived in metropolitan areas. Um, in fact, I've spent most of my life in the CBD of Adelaide. I guess I expected that the, the, the common luxuries on my way over would be removed, like going to Kmart or seeing my friends whenever I wanted. Um, and I wasn't really too sure how to respond to this, um, particularly maybe, I guess, that feeling of isolation. I think that that was one thing that I was worried about because in the CBD is surrounded by everyone at all times. But um, it kind of... Kind of paradoxically, uh, I, I actually kind of entered into a, a extremely welcoming and supportive community that had me actually feeling anything but isolated. So, in fact, I, I kind of feel more connected to a society and community than I ever have before. And I guess I, I feel like I know where I fit in the world, uh, where I am at the moment, just because everyone's so closely knit. You know, even just petting the the local cat named Alexander is just a, something that I do every Saturday morning. You know, I know everyone's names and I'm going to a painting night after this and performing at a music event the next day. Those sorts of things just don't happen in the, in the city. And um, I, I feel really blessed to be here. Fantastic. And Haley, you mentioned that you grew up in a regional area. Has that changed your perspective? I grew up um, just in a small rural town um, called Gloucester at the foothills of the Barrington Tops National Park. And yeah, completed primary school, high school education there. 
and like most people in a rural area, having to move closer to attend university. Um, I was fortunate enough to have my family supporting me through that move. And, um, and yeah, I guess starting university straight out of high school is always a new challenge and experience. Uh, anything worth doing is um, usually a challenge. So, Do you know when you start working as a podiatrist where you would like to work? Would you like to work regionally or remote or would you like to try the city? I mean, ideally, I'd love to work in a rural setting. There are a few options, um, one of them being Tamworth. I know that there's a lot of options for podiatry uh, that way, really anywhere. (laughs) Deb, you've mentioned that you have worked um, and studied in a few different places. Do you have expectations when you start working or studying in a new town or city and are they met? Are they all unique or do they have a a kind of similar flavour? I guess the similar flavour is that every place is different. And each place has their own processes, which might take a little bit to get used to. But pretty quickly, because I've worked in so many different places and I did my undergrad in uh, Perth and now I'm doing my postgrad in New South Wales. So in uni, I've moved a lot as well. And I guess that's helped me adapt to different situations a lot better. So in terms of expectations, that's also part of the fun like you never know what you're going to expect uh, I've worked in the city before and I've worked as far rural as Kalgoorlie in WA kind of in the middle of nowhere as a uh, pharmacy intern I did some stints in Mika Farah where they flew me out in a little like six-seater plane so it's just part of the fun um, not knowing what to expect not knowing what's expected of you but like Harry said it's all part of discovering the local community and each place has their own little special thing that they do, uh, you know, whether it's a dance crew or uh, lots of places love doing trivia or, you know, um, it's really fun discovering it. And so I'm really looking forward to where this medical degree will take me. Harry, can you talk to us about what a typical day might look for you? A a typical day would look like at a hospital nearby, um, whether it be one that's about 50 kilometres away or another one that's about 70, for um, ward rounds, uh, assess some inpatient progress, admit new patients. Um, Then after that, I head back to the GP clinic, um, look at the patient loads, and then I set up my own office and consult with patients, you know, take their histories, examinations, um, finish the consult and hand over to the general practitioner for them to, you know, check over and see if I've done everything correctly. Uh, that happens between nine and maybe about three o'clock and then hop back into the, the nurse's station, give some vaccinations, take some sutures out, put some casts on, fractured arms. Uh, about between, that's around about three and 5.30, Um, Then after that, I I wrap up the day's work, get some feedback from all the supervisors and other staff, um, make sure that I've done everything right and and learn if I haven't. Uh, And then 6.30, head home, study for upcoming exams. They don't stop. (laughs) That's a a packed day. Uh, Do you have any kind of memorable experiences over the past week or so with patients that you could share with us that maybe might be unique to being in a regional setting? Uh, I don't know about this one being unique to a regional setting, but this morning I pulled a bee out of someone's ear um, and the guy was pretty casual about that happening, um, like it had happened before, but I didn't have the time to question that any further. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I think um, another one that happened about a week ago, it was my first experience with the, the general practice that I'm placed in becoming an emergency department all of a sudden for the day. Um, and how that works is, is where I am, that the emergency department's actually been shut down uh, just because of COVID. It, it kind of became a bit, I guess, vestigial and it just wasn't working out very well. So the closest one's about 20 kilometers away and that one's almost quite too small as well to keep up with the load. Um, so as a result, a lot of people present to the general practice um, I'm placed in with medical emergencies, like really acute ones that need to be fixed then and there. Um, so last week, I think it was last Tuesday, I, I, I came in a little bit earlier to help the nurses set up for the day. And um, someone was just banging on the door. And it was about an hour before we opened up. So there were no doctors, there were just nurses and I. And um, they had some really bad chest pain and it was quite an acute problem. So we quickly rush them in, put an, an ECG on, an electrocardiogram, um, just to measure to see what's going on, get his history, get their history and... Um, get any preliminary assessments while we're all trying to call the doctor to hurry up and come in. Uh, lucky one of the doctors were on their way. So we, we finally were able to get to them quite quickly and um, get them to the hospital and get an ambulance to transport them there. But, you know, just a lot of similar events happened after that. Someone came in and had a, you know, a, a, an appendix that was on the brink of bursting and a few other came in with really bad chest pains. And it was just a lot of screaming and a lot of, it was quite a, quite a tense emergency department moment day situation um, despite it being a, a quaint little general practice <laughs> so I think that's what makes rural work really great um, to both work and study in because it's such a great training environment because you know you just need to think on your feet all the time you know I was going to go turn on computers and help vacuum and I ended up you know preventing heart attacks from happening so it was really intense. Deb, do you find that as well, that sometimes when you work, um, as you're working a pharmacist, that you need to wear different hats? You know, it's just all hands on deck in certain times? Yeah, that's exactly right. So when you do work in more rural or regional areas, uh, sometimes there's not that many more people above you or that you can have there for support. And so uh, when I first graduated, uh, after my intern year, I worked full time as a pharmacist in Mildura in Victoria. It was one of those um, places that was in high demand for healthcare professionals as a lot of regional and rural places are. And so I found myself quite overwhelmed in the role. Uh, what was asked of me, the advice that people were asking for because I was that contact person for that issue, uh, specifically antimicrobial stewardship, which is to do with when we should use antibiotics and that kind of thing. And I found that uh, one way to help me out of that is that even though we may be rural or regional, um, there are always really big hubs and sister hospitals that we're connected to. So often I would just ring one of the uh, departments in say St. Vincent's or one of the bigger hospitals in Victoria and I'd ask the pharmacist there for advice and they never really asked any questions in terms of like, who are you, where are you from, what are you, you know, aren't you a pharmacist, can't you figure it out? It was pretty straightforward, I'd have a problem, can you help me with this? And they were able to provide timely advice. So I, that's one of the things uh, you can always look for in a regional place. Like there's always some kind of connection, whether that's telephone or teleconferencing or whatever it is, um, that's really helpful when there's no one physically there to support you because it was very, it was very overwhelming. Um, Hayley, could you talk about what it might be like just to kind of 
um, going on from Deb talking about needing to um, talk things through on the phone or over the internet, what that's maybe like for you in terms of studying and whether, well, if the pandemic has had any effect on how you are being able to, you know, see um, patients or, or teachers and, and that experience? Well, so with last year's, the delivery of all the course content had to be moved online. Um, that was just due to all the COVID lockdowns and restrictions. And so that also included all of our examinations and assessments, which proved to be a challenge for practical exams and OSCEs. Um, but somehow we worked around that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a pretty big learning experience for everyone involved. Um, definitely figuring out how Zoom meetings worked was initially a challenge. And um but yeah, everyone else was in the same boat. So. Yeah, so at the moment, we've gone back to um, attending the student clinic and being able to see patients. Um, but in terms of online study, I think that it's going to become more, more common. I think universities are going to keep trying to put more and more stuff online, which is really great if you do have internet, just a struggle if you don't. <laughs> um, so yeah, just needing to address that accessibility for that. Deb, could you talk about some of the challenges that you see in rural and remote communities? Speaking both from my medical school um, education and being a pharmacist in lots of regional places, there are lots of different challenges that come about from being geographically isolated, uh, such as when you're working with really remote Indigenous communities, there's always lots of challenges around that, not only culturally, but physically, um, you know, how are we going to get medications with this person to where they live, which may not be a fixed abode? Um, you know, who's going to pick it up for them? Are they a carer for someone else? All of those factors is are things you need to work together um, to coordinate, basically. And that might not be such an issue in larger metropolitan areas where we have different resources. A lot of the time, you really just have to think on your feet. And I think that's one of the uh, biggest challenges is trying to coordinate, you know, resources where, where there are none. And so you have to make up things in their place. Uh, but in that way, that's also an advantage because you learn to think on your feet and you learn to come up with creative ways and as we mentioned before, because you're really, um, you know, one of the only people that can deal with it, you're getting that experience, that hands-on experience, whereas in a bigger place with more trained people, that wouldn't be your job because people, there are, there's someone above you that will know how to do that and they'll fix your problem for you. So although it can be quite daunting to deal with uh, resource issues, it's also a really great experience in learning how to deal with it at the end of the day. Yeah. And now I can't pass up on um, using thinking on your feet as a segue to our podiatry representative. Um, and I'm curious, Hayley, whether there are any different health outcomes that you see or that you've learned about when you compare patients and communities in rural um, settings versus in metropolitan and what that means for your work a as a podiatrist? There's no doubt that um, medical and health services are more in demand um, in rural and remote parts of Australia with a decreased amount of health services available, particularly with podiatry. We look a lot at the diabetic foot 
So people in these rural and remote areas may not have access to such services where we can uh, do some ongoing monitoring or even, you know, just assisting with normal aches and pains in the lower limb, which could then progress onto um, more severe um, conditions. And while you're with us discussing rural and remote Australia, why don't you stay an extra night and listen to our podcast Through the Eyes of a Remote GP, where we hear from Dr. Katie Galt. Here's a taste. It's very rewarding working with people that have their own lessons to teach us about bush medicine, their inner beliefs about the spiritual world up here and how they can be really tied in with their health as well. I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on diagnosis and treatment when it comes to medicine, but there's so much to be said for your community, your culture, past knowledge to go down through the generations. If you enjoyed that snippet, you can find it by searching for Taking Care in your podcast player. But before you do that, let's get back to Harry, Haley, and Deborah. We've heard about some of the challenges faced um, by rural communities and then the, the role that the health practitioner has in supporting the community. Um, what is rewarding about this work? The biggest reward in regards to working rurally is the fact that we have continuity of care and doctors are able to, or health professionals overall are able to actually spend a bit of longer time with their patients and become, you know, a, such a central role in, in the community as a result of that. Um, so we're able to have, you know, longer appointments with patients and see those same patients over a longer period of time. And, as a result of that, those relationships build up and you see different family members and friends until you um, just become such an integral part of people's lives and you're able to actually get such an um, idea of the whole patient and not just treat the ailment. Um, so it's a really great learning opportunity to actually be able to make a real difference um, in respect to building a relationship with the patient and getting to know every aspect of their life, their family uh, and their place in the community and, and how you can help with that um, you're not just referring to a psychologist or a or a pediatrician um, that's a name on a, on a computer you're you're referring to your friend the psychologist that you know so well that's going to be such a great fit for this particular patient or the other psychiatrist down the road who is such a great person and knows so much about you know woodwork and so does your patient um, and you guys can get along you know um, it's it's I think that's the real crux of it all you get to know the person not the patient. Um, and it's just, it just makes the health outcomes and the relationships and the communications that you have with all these patients such, it's just such a marked difference and it's so rewarding. That's wonderful, Harry. Deb, do you have any other, anything to add about what's rewarding about working rurally and remote? In terms of our medical school education, again, I've spoken to some of my counterparts, you know, um, medical students studying in larger metropolitan universities, and it seems like the things that they get to do because they are in bigger institutes is a lot less because, you know, whether they're more busy or whether the rules are stricter because, you know, there's more of a hierarchy, that kind of thing, um, in regional and rural areas you kind of get to do, you get thrown in, into a lot of situations and you're, very, you're less restricted in your practice. So, uh, for example, in our university at the University of Wollongong, we start GP placements as early as a couple of weeks into medical school. 
So we get, it's, it's to do with early exposure and we get that once a week in maybe week like three or something. So I remember, I remember very clearly it was week five of medical school and I had a GP placement somewhere along the coast in this lovely beachside town. And my supervising GP was fantastic. He was a dermatology based GP. And so we did a lot of skin um, grafting and taking out skin cancers and that kind of thing and in my fifth week of being a medical student he let me sew a patient's face my GP coached me obviously while I was doing it but I was very nervous to work on someone's face you know that's what they present to the world and this guy very I guess country-like bloke uh, worked on the farms was in the sun all day and he had multiple skin cancers removed already so he wasn't really too concerned and he said go for your life thought my face and so being more rural you get more of these opportunities and because you're in a place that's less resourced the the doctors that are supervising you understand that you do need a bit of help but they give you the opportunity to you know learn and grow and I think that's really one of the best things about working and studying rurally. Hayley do you have anything to add about what's rewarding about studying in a remote setting? So I haven't really done too many rural placements as of yet. Um, I did go to Wellington to do um, an Indigenous outreach clinic, which is absolutely amazing. Gave me um, that fire in the belly to keep going. Um, But it's always a great day when your patient walks in and they're experiencing some sort of pain or discomfort. Um, And by the end of the appointment, they feel like they're walking on a cloud. Like, (laughs) Yeah, it's really... um, I suppose satisfying that you can do that in just in one appointment. And um, yeah, the feet are often the most neglected part of the body. So it's also really important um, to educate your patient as to the conditions that they might experience with their lower limb or based on their um, health conditions that they have. Encourage the holistic What do you hope to see for rural and remote communities to be healthy and safe into the future? So I think that across all of healthcare, uh, whether it's in podiatry or it's in medicine or it's in nursing or pharmacy or, you know, whatever the faculty, uh, we obviously need more health professions in rural and regional areas and that's obviously a problem that we are aware of but I don't think that that is addressed on a fundamental level either by the government or by Australian universities. I think that there should be more of a push for either um, new grads to have to go rural or students to have to have rural exposure because I don't have a statistic to put here but Obviously, Australia is a very large landmass and a lot of people live rurally. So whether you plan on practicing rurally or not, it's going to be relevant to your career and your profession because you're going to come across these people that don't have the same education or resources or whatever the problem may be. I think that it's really important that we do send health professionals there and we have more of an incentive, although I honestly think it's incentive enough, like going to a rural place. I think that's such a privilege as for the things we've mentioned before. But I think that there needs to be more of a push on a foundational level to send people there uh, because lots of people don't get the opportunity to go rural. Like 
particularly in medical school, at a lot of the metropolitan universities, you have to apply to go to rural clinical school. It's a very competitive process. Whereas for us in Wollongong, we are a rural-based uni, so we all have to basically do uh, our longitudinal year in a rural place. But not all universities are like that. And a lot of people that want to get experience miss out. And then, you know, maybe we've missed, they've missed their opportunity there to check out a thing that they might love. As Deborah said, I think it would be amazing if we could really encourage the promotion of rural experiences, especially placements whilst at university. And I suppose the promotion of scholarships and support that's also available because navigating that and trying to locate uh, available scholarships and mentorships as well um, can be a challenge. Yeah, so that's a good lead-in for you to tell us about the National Rural Health Student Network, or NRHSN, which, with which you, Deb, um, and Haley are both involved as leaders. Could you tell us about your involvement and what that's been like? Before I joined, uh, and I joined at the beginning of this year uh, as a committee member, before I joined, I wasn't aware of a lot of the opportunities that I've now learned about through the NRHSN. So this is a bit of a plug for them, but also every um, uni's rural health club, every uni has one. So you just need to find out what they're called and how to get involved. But we advertise a lot of stuff. And as the social media officer, I guess I'm the one putting it out there. But before this role, I didn't know that all these scholarship opportunities existed. And the NRHSN is a place to help bring it all together and bring that out into into unis and into student groups to give awareness. So if you are interested in more opportunities in uh, rural and remote health for any allied health profession or um, medical students, you should definitely get onto the NRHSN, have a look at our social media page. We're always telling you about new scholarships, new opportunities, and even for new graduates, there are always opportunities and scholarships and funding. Uh, It's a good place to start and I'm sure with Harry and with Hayley, like we would love to keep the conversation going. Like everyone has their own experiences to share and I would love personally to hear more about them as well and hear about what encourages people to go rural and what other cool places I haven't been that I have to go check out. Uh, I would love to hear about that. Thank you, Harry, Hayley and Deborah, for a glimpse into your world. I'm sure it's inspired a few of us to hit the open road and also reminded us of the many important reasons we need to work together to support and care for our rural and remote communities. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Sure. Thank you, Tash, for the opportunity to be here. Um... Thanks, Tash. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Hayley. It's been really great having a chat and uh, I'm sure we'll be running into each other in the future and for anyone listening i hope that we also get to run into each other as well please don't forget to find us on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast by searching for taking care you can subscribe review and listen to our growing back catalog if you want to get in touch email us at communications at opera.gov.au take care